It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into tonight's postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-2 to to the Anaheim Ducks. To help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, you know, Dan, you look at this one and kind of similar questions uh, that we had going into the break. We have now coming out of the break, the Golden Knights allow four goals in the first period. In terms of what you saw in the opening 20, what really led to those breakdowns for the Golden Knights? Well, um, that is a fair question, Ryan. And, you know, I would say in just watching the replays of the, the four goals that were scored first, Leeson, then Drysdale, then Vitrano, then Terry. Uh, the first goal was tipped. It appeared first by Barbashev and then by Leeson. Nothing you could do about that one. Those goals will happen. Again, it appeared to be a, a double tip. Uh, the second one, uh, Drysdale's shot from distance. Logan Thompson had to go off his blocker. Looked like he had trouble securing it. He tried to get the blocker and the glove together, and it just went off the blocker and in. Petrano was that uh, clean, weak side shot. Looked like Thompson had trouble shifting over to his right. Kind of stumbled just a little bit and trying to shift back to that side. And then the last goal, Troy Terry just goes five-hole on Logan Thompson. So I would say of those four goals, uh, the first one you can't do anything about. The last three you would have liked to see either, you know, Thompson do something different or, you know, maybe uh, something that the, the group in front of him could have done better to put Logan in a better position. So uh, it has been a rough go of it, and some of it you, you could just see in body language. You know, clearly when Logan was taken out of the game in Raleigh, visibly displeased, and, you know, some guys can keep the emotions Inside, you know, nobody likes to give up a lot of goals. Some uh, wear their emotions on their sleeve a little bit more. Logan is on that side of the spectrum. So you can see when he is frustrated. And um, I would say given the numbers, uh, whether he's playing to his liking or not, the numbers are the numbers. And uh, there's uh, there's got to be a, a challenge for Logan. And he uh, is mired in this slump where the team is losing games. Uh, he has not been in goal for all of them, uh, but when you have so much on your plate, you're going back and forth between a health and not health. You know that Logan Thompson would love to play every game and win every game, um, and he has not managed to seize the opportunity with Aiden Hill out uh, to go on a long run here as he might have hoped. So uh, it's a long way of saying you, you would like to see a, a little bit better from Logan Thompson in the first period. That's not to say it's all on him. But when you yeah. give up four goals in the first period, something that this team does so rarely, uh, it's an obvious place to look. What if the Knights manage to get a goal early? We talked with William Carlson on the pregame show. We talked about, hey, you know, you've got three days off. You know, you've lost three in a row. And he said he agreed with the idea. We expect to come out flying. And they didn't play terribly, but they did not come out with the sort of dominant attack that you would have hoped after a three-day rest where all of the offense, or excuse me, all of the plays in the offensive zone and they don't give the Ducks any chances uh, to get pucks on Logan Thompson. Um, and, uh, you know, it just so happened that the Ducks, you know, twice in that period they scored goals on consecutive shots. You know, they took advantage of maybe a rattled Logan Thompson and, you know, Golden Knights team that is aware 
of having given up goals uh, and and just you know it, the confidence problem pervades everybody it's not just the goaltender and they couldn't get that early goal to take an edge and maybe take some of the pressure off and it just uh, it seemed to snowball not only for logan but for the guys in front of him too you know dan do you do you go back to logan thompson tomorrow uh, that's a tough one i i yeah i i i, I you know, my first thought when we when I brought it up to Gary on the postgame show was to give uh, to give uh, Yuri Patera tomorrow's game, yeah. but at the same time, uh, you know, given you know that Logan managed to get through this game, uh, I'm going to say maybe you let him start tomorrow and then see what happens for the Winter Classic. All right, great stuff there, Dan. Let's hear from Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. We pre-scouted and they, they will make those plays. They're good at it. We got to defend that better. You know, we turn the puck over in the neutral zone that comes back at us, so there's some mistakes. But, I mean, there's also, you, know, you need saves sometimes. When you, you, no team is perfect. You're not going to go out there and play a game when you don't give up any chances. And that's where we're at right now and have been going through lately. Um, if you remember last year when Robin Leonard got hurt, like, in August late, not late, sorry, but had a surgery, Brassois was, you know, it was an opportunity for goaltenders. Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson stepped up and did a great job. And right now, Hilly's hurt. There's an opportunity for Logan Thompson and Patera to step up. And we've got to play better in front of them, and they've got to play better for us, right? It's a combination of both things. So that's what we're going through right now. We need to, you know, want them to step up and and then give us some confidence that, you know, we'll play well in front of them. But at the end of the day, we're a veteran team. We, we know what, what's, what's going on, and we just have to clean up those mistakes so that... Um, you know, we could minimize the damage against. Or, or you got to go out and score five goals. That's how we've won our last whatever games, right? We scored five against Calgary, you, um, San Jose, six against, you know what I mean? Which is really hard to do in this league. So we got to meet halfway there and do a better job and get the timely saves. That's what's got to happen. It sounds like you're not entirely confident right now in the goalsy situation. Would that be a fair, accurate statement? Well, we need them to be better. We know that. I mean, they're both. Patera came up here and played well last year. Did a good job for us, so had good stretches against Florida the other night. Logan was an all-star last year, so I wouldn't say that's accurate, but we need them to get back to their form, and we need to play you know, cleaner in front of them. Like We didn't start on time today as well as we could have, yet we generated five or six chances as well. It wasn't a one-sided first period by any means. Theirs went in, ours didn't. Is that our shooters? Is that their shooters? It's a little bit of everything. But right now, we need them to sort of find their game and be a little more consistent in, in, in what they're giving us. And uh, we can rely on that, and we can be more consistent in front of them. It's, it's both. So I don't want this to turn into a shit all over the goalies uh, post game. But by the same token, we, we do need to fix that part of the game. We need to fix our play in front of them. Did you feel like you got more to your game in the second and third periods? And if so, can you use that as a blueprint well, tomorrow? I mean, our response in the second was good. We didn't feel we were out of the game. We, we got it to 4-2. We're in good shape. Unfortunately, they you know they got another one that um, was preventable. So, you know that that kind of kills. You know what it does? It gives Anaheim a breather more than anything. We we felt pretty good about our game, and um, you know they're going to start doubting themselves now. They get that goal, they can relax a little bit. So, I thought in Florida responded after the first period scored the first goal right out of the gate in the you know in the second period. So, I think our guys will respond. Obviously, there's times in this game, the Buffalo game, it got away from us that we've got to be better when these situations start to snowball right because we are the more veteran guys 
goaltenders are young, so we've got to help them. That's when we have to do a better job in front of them is when okay, the first one goes in, maybe we don't like it, okay, let's okay, let's bear down and make sure another one doesn't happen and get this thing going back our way, and that's what we need to do better. Quick turnaround tomorrow. Obviously, you need a better start, but what else do you need to do against a really good team on the road? A team that plays well on the road. Well, they play well everywhere. I know their home record doesn't it's not as good as their road, but they're a good team. We were up there, played them. It was a really good game. Um, well, we need to keep the puck out of our net. That's one thing we need to do, and they're very good at it. So we've got a big challenge right there. Um, usually that means against L.A. when we manage it between the blue lines and force them to break out as a group of five uh, because they play a tight defensive system, the neutral zone. So that's one puck management. And we've got to be harder in front of our net. Um, you know, those are two two areas we can be better and close better in D zone. I, I still think our breakouts coming out of the forecheck weren't as clean tonight in the first period, so be mindful of that and not turn pucks back over and give them second chances in our end. That's what happened in Florida in the first period. It happened a bit tonight where we weren't moving our feet, you know, and that's on, a, you know, whoever it is on the ice to get moving and manage it a little better by moving your feet. So those are the things that need to be done, but... Um, you know, it's been a while since we won here, so there's a lot of things we're going to have to hit on with not a lot of time. But uh, I think we know that team well enough, so that's that's what's in front of us. Thank you, Bruce. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 5-2 loss to the Anaheim Ducks. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the BGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-2 to to the Anaheim Ducks. Really, it was interesting in that the, the Anaheim Ducks come out and blitz the Golden Knights the first period. Four goals against in the first period. Um, and, and even though Vegas made a game of it in the second period, we'll get to highlights in just a moment, even though Vegas made a game of it in the second period, all the ground that they had made up effectively dashed by another goal against late in the second period for the Anaheim Ducks. And those are momentum sappers, right? Like when you have the ability, all the momentum in the world, and Bruce Cassie talked about it, right? Like you allow Anaheim to reset. And if the Golden Knights are able to convert on a couple more chances, then all of a sudden we look at this game very, very differently. Um, I thought Bruce's assessment of goaltending specifically was probably as spot on and as fair as you're going to get from a coach. Same thing with Dan Duva, as we talked about at the top of the, the postgame show. I think you look at this game and where the Golden Knights made their mistakes more often than not was the neutral zone. And, and make no mistake about it, you cannot make mistakes in the neutral zone against any team in the National Hockey League because every team has the ability to transition back. Every team has the ability to fill the back of the net. And the fact of the matter is, if you're turning pucks over in those places, it's usually going to come back and end up in the back of your net. Now, that being said, the majority of the goals came from the outside areas where you are okay conceding shots. And so when you look at it objectively here. Do the Golden Knights have to play better in front of their goaltenders? Absolutely. Do they have to manage the puck better, take care of the puck better, make the right plays in the neutral zone if they're there or dump pucks in? 100%. But this was a game more than anything. To me, 
where you needed a save or two. You get a save or two, and I think the entire trajectory of the game looks a little bit different. So I'm fascinated. i truly fascinated to see what Bruce Cassidy is going to do tomorrow against the Los Angeles Kings because I really feel like going into this game, the plan was Logan Thompson plays well. It's a low-volume, low-workload type of game because that's kind of Anaheim's M.O., and you can roll him right back out with some confidence tomorrow against Los Angeles. And, and now I'm not sure what direction Bruce Cassidy is going to go. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. And, of course, you entertain the idea of going to Logan Thompson in this back-to-back situation because Aiden Hill still unavailable for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, and as we've kind of talked about here we don't have an, an updated timeline. We don't know when Aiden might be back. We have not seen him on the ice. So could you get Aiden back soon? Presumably, but there's really no update on Aiden Hill, his health. And then the same thing uh, when it comes to Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore is a big, big component that's missing right now from the Vegas Golden Knights. You are taking away your best puck-moving defenseman who was having a Norris-caliber start to the season and you wonder aloud why the Golden Knights are having more issues breaking pucks out of their own zone. You wonder why they're spending more time in their own zone, why they're not extending plays in the offensive zone. A lot of that can be summed up with, with one, one player, Shea Theodore. Not to mention, now you don't have another right-handed stick. And I know Shea is not a right-handed stick, but he is a right-shot defenseman in how he thinks the game. And now you've got guys kind of pushing to the other side because Caden Korzak, who filled into that spot pretty well while the Golden Knights were winning games and pulling points, is also out of the lineup with an injury. So if you're going to ask why, if you're going to look at this and say, what's the the contributing factor here? It's that the Golden Knights have gotten to a point 36 games into the year where I think all the injuries all season long, all the guys that have had to step up and play into a spot – that, that, that isn't necessarily their spot in the lineup, I think it's all catching up to them right now. And they're going to need goaltending to improve. They're going to need team defense to improve, decision-making in the neutral zone to improve. The Golden Knights have to improve how they're playing in order to start winning some hockey games. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and if you had hoped that the holiday break would help Vegas find their game. Those hopes would quickly be dashed by the Ducks as Brett Leeson opened the scoring just three minutes into the game. And the third liners go to work. Jones, Henrique, and Leeson for the Ducks. Right point. Fowler tip in front score. Max Jones between the circles and the Ducks take a 1-0 lead. Three minutes and change into the first. Brett Leeson records his fifth goal of the season. Brett Leeson from Cam Fowler and Adam Henrique 3.23 of the first period made it 1-0 Anaheim. The Ducks then extended their lead five minutes later as Jamie Drysdale got his first of the year. The Ducks come left to right into the Vegas zone. On the back check, feed to the right, score! Jamie Drysdale from the top of the right circle, and it's a 2-0 Ducks lead. Jamie Drysdale from Mason McTavish and Ryan Strom. 8.23 of the first period made it 2-0 Anaheim. The Ducks kept up the pressure as Frank Vetrano added his 16th of the year. Though he has cooled off in the middle, a shot wide right from Labushkin. Looking for his first goal of the season. And now another one, and the Ducks have scored. 
Minchikov will lead the celebration line. 3-0 Anaheim with 8.22 to go in the period. Frank Vetrano from Mason McTavish and Ilya Labushkin. 11.38 of the first period made it 3-0 Anaheim. Then Troy Terry capped off a four-goal period less than a minute later. And now in the neutral zone for Anaheim. Across the line on the right wing. Troy Terry, score! 4-0 Ducks. Wow. Well, if you hope that the Christmas break would be a reprieve for the Golden Knights and they'd come back flying, the opposite has happened. Troy Terry, his ninth of the year from Alex Kalorn and Trevor Zegras. 12-18 of the first period made it 4-0 Anaheim. So the Golden Knights would hit that second period down four, and if they had any chance to come back, they would have to chip away over the final 40 minutes. That hope glimmered early when Paul Cotter set up Alec Martinez to get Vegas on the board. Cotter comes in for the Knights' left wing. Feeds the middle, score! Alec Martinez from Paul Cotter, and the Knights are on the board, now trailing 4-1. Fourth goal of the year for Alec Martinez from Paul Cotter. 7-23 of the second period made it 4-1 Anaheim. Vegas then cut the deficit to two goals as Mark Stone converted on the power play. Out in front, score! Power play goal for Mark Stone! And the Knights now trail by two. William Carlson sets up Mark Stone and the Knights have two goals here in the middle period. 12th goal of the year for Mark Stone, a power play marker from William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault. 1234 of the second period made it 4-2 Anaheim. However, as Vegas continued to press for offense, the Ducks would get one back as Brett Leeson scored his second of the game. Everybody was right in the blue ice. Left wing shot save, rebound score! Thompson made an initial save on McTavish. A rebound put home off the right post and in, and the Ducks have a 5-2 lead. Brett Leeson from Mason McTavish and Cam Fowler, 17-45 of the second period, made it 5-2 Anaheim. So the Golden Knights would have to find a way to come back in the third period. They had a couple of power play opportunities, but could not find another goal, and all that was left in this game was the final call. Face-off won by the Ducks in a shot attempt block. Vegas clears the zone. Clock will run out, though, and the Ducks defeat the Knights 5-2. 5-2, the final score. The Anaheim Ducks defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas now 21-10-5, 47 points on the year. Vegas stuck there at 47 points. They've lost their last four games in regulation. Next in action tomorrow, 7 o'clock inside T-Mobile Arena against the Los Angeles Kings. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-2 to the Anaheim Ducks. And I know that conventional wisdom will say that you look at that score and you say, oh boy, the Golden Knights were handily defeated by Anaheim. And, and that's true to a degree, right? Like, it certainly is a wide margin of, of defeat for the Vegas Golden Knights, especially against an Anaheim Ducks team that you know started off the year pretty well, has faded pretty hard of late, but, you know, still has some offensive talent. Now, 
I don't view it that way. The way that I view it is the Golden Knights needed a save or two in this one. And I'd make the argument that any team coming out of a break is going to need their goaltender to kind of give them something early on. Wasn't necessarily the case today. And before the Golden Knights knew it, they're behind the eight ball four spot. Final 40 minutes of the game, and I know that this is like pie in the sky, rose-colored glasses. I'm fully aware of that. But if you take the score out of it, which team do you believe was better tonight? Like, truly, honestly, if you take the score out of it, if you remove the scoreboard from this game and you just watch the plays that are being made, the chances that are being generated, which team do you believe was better tonight? Which team do you believe played well and which team do you believe was more or less behind the eight ball? Absent the scoreboard. And listen, I get it. It's not played in a vacuum. The scoreboard matters. All of that means something. You're, you're absolutely right there, but I'm saying we tend to only look at results. And then for whatever reason, when things go well for a small sample size, they're never, ever, ever going to be a trend that you believe in wholeheartedly. But when things go wrong for a game or a period or even a shift or two, sky's falling, it's all over. I'm not quite sure I understand that line of thinking. I really don't. Are the Golden Knights in a position where they are who they've been over the last four games? I don't believe so. I don't buy that. I don't believe that that's the case. I don't think that the Golden Knights are suddenly a team that cannot win, that cannot defend, that cannot keep the puck out of their net. I don't think that that's the case. I think how you play matters. I think divorcing results from how you play is something that's really hard to kind of take out of your mind. And I think that it's, it's, it's in vogue. It's, it's cool, right, to, to sit there and say, well, they've lost four in a row. Season's over. They've lost four in a row out of 82 do you, do, 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 when, when we sit back and think about this in the grand scheme, four out of 82 is a blip. Now, for the Golden Knights, it cannot snowball into six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But you do look at this team, and I think that we look at the losses, and we look at the trends, and we look at how things have been going lately, and we just say, that's who they are now. In spite of the fact that time and again, through long stretches, they have shown us that they are a very good hockey team, one of the best hockey teams in the league, able to win a championship, and yet we're willing to throw that sample size out with the bathwater and believe in these four games as the be-all, end-all, the absolute indictment of what this team is. I don't know, call me pie in the sky. Say I'm a shill, I don't care. doesn't matter. I believe this team is good. I believe they've had injury issues, and I believe they will find their game again. I don't think it's any different from any other team that's going to go through a spell like this at some point this season. My hope is they're able to pull themselves out of it quickly. 
Back to wrap it up next on the post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, VGK post-game show. The Golden Knights fall 5-2 to two to the Anaheim Ducks. Today's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. Four goals in the first period for the Anaheim Ducks. That's the difference in the game. That, that being said, I thought the Golden Knights did a pretty good job in the second period getting themselves back into the game. I felt like at 4-2, to two, next goal was going to be the winner. Unfortunately for the Golden Knights, it was Anaheim that got the next goal. And it came right after John Gibson makes a phenomenal save on a three-on-two break uh, rush chance for the Golden Knights. And then Anaheim goes down, a big rebound's kicked up the middle of the ice, and it leads to the goal. That was the backbreaker. Even though the Golden Knights gave up four goals in the first period, there was never really a sense to me that they were out of this game until it went to 5-2. That was the most important goal of the game, Brett Leeson's second goal of the game, and that's where things really did fall apart the remainder of the game for the Golden Knights. It weren't without their chances. They certainly had their looks, but John Gibson was really strong, and the Golden Knights got behind the eight ball way too quickly in this one. That's going to do it for me here on the VGK Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Post Game Show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Next in the postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-2 the final. The Golden Knights fall to the Anaheim Ducks. Lots of hot takes swirling around social media. We've got a text line as well, 702-876-1340, 702-876-1340. How quickly, and, and I, I truly mean this, how quickly we forget who we're talking about here. The defending Stanley Cup champions, who are two points off the lead in 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 the National Hockey League. And we are talking about them as if they are bottom third of the National Hockey League. That's that's the discourse that I'm seeing. William Ramsey on our text line. Stone needs to call a team-only meeting and get back on track. I. There are teams out there that need a player meeting I don't know that the Golden Knights are one of them I, like 
things are going to happen. You're going to have tough stretches. It's not going to be sunshine and rainbows for 82 games out of the year. And if we all remember correctly, lest we forget, the Golden Knights had a similar stretch in January of last year. There were ebbs and there were flows. There were highs and there were lows. There were moments where the Golden Knights looked unbeatable and then there were moments where the Golden Knights looked human. We're in the middle of a, of a stretch here where the Golden Knights look human and we just cannot wrap our minds around how this team, very similar to the team that won the Stanley Cup, can either turn things on or not be able to find their game. There's two teams on the ice. Both of them want to win. And yet instant reaction is that this team has suddenly lost the ability to win hockey games. Doesn't know how to, can't do it. It's always funny to me how quickly the goodwill and the benefit of the doubt leaves a team after a championship because of a tough stretch. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, what direction do you want to go tonight? <laughs> well, let's look at it this way. Okay, you bring up January, and it's absolutely correct. It's this year. Actually, we can still say this year, this calendar year. But last calendar year, we tend to forget, and, and we want to forget, that we lost to San Jose, New Jersey, and the Blackhawks within one week and missed the playoffs by one point. It's all about timing, kids. Every Golden Knight fan out there should remember it's all about timing. How would you like to be the Colorado Avalanche tonight? I would be embarrassed. I don't know if I'd even call. Come on, stop. Don't be mean to Arizona. <laughs> I mean, they blew a four to nothing lead. Colorado did. You, you, you know what happens, Mike? Things like what? that happen in the National Hockey League. You can be a really good team, and you could lose a game to any team in the National Hockey League. You're kidding! I didn't know that. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> well, we just made two teams. One of which the fans thought that the sky was falling in Florida, and the second probably the worst team in the NHL right this second. We just made them look like world beaters. Now, obviously it's all about timing, but, but the one thing that we can, we can discuss with some clarity is the somewhat fragile ego of the goaltender in general. These goaltenders are not like regular skaters. They're just not. They're fragile people who have egos, huge egos, and they have to, to be able to play that position, and I understand it. But when Vasilevsky was out, Tampa Bay treaded water just to stay around. Mm -hmm. And while Aiden Hill is out, we may have to do the same thing. But one thing you cannot do is get into the head of Logan Thompson and tell him, well, we're not so sure you're ready to play. I don't believe for a second that we should bench him tomorrow. Do you? Well, I mean, I, I don't know that I would look at it as benching Logan Thompson. I think that you have to assess which goalie you believe gives you the best chance to win. Like, I, I think, Mike, honestly, I think the plan was Logan plays great. We come back with him tomorrow. Oh, that, sure. That's what that, – we win the game. It's a low-volume, low-workload type of game. 
Logan plays well, he's got confidence, and we roll that into into the game tomorrow night against LA. After tonight, if I'm Logan, I want to get right back in there. If yeah. I'm Logan, I want to get that competitive juice going again. I want to find a way to be impactful for this team. I think if you're Bruce Cassidy, you lean on that. I, I'm with you in that. I think Logan should probably be the guy tomorrow. Well, I, you know, like a fool, I said somebody would score five goals tonight. I just my crystal ball had the wrong team, uh, or tonight rather. So the point is this: if you mess with Logan's head, you're going to get some. You're just going to get what you deserve. And so give him a chance. Now, if he messes up, if things don't go his way tomorrow, you've, got a, you've certainly got a hook. You've got a shorter leash. And you don't let him give up four goals in 12 minutes. It just doesn't happen again. Uh, if he did, you take him out. But I will predict, again, that he will give up two or less goals if you give him a chance tomorrow. And that's it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, Mike. 702. 702- 876-1340, that's the number. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. Um, I They had a really bad first period. The rest of the game wasn't that terrible. And I don't know if it just was like they had to knock the cobwebs off or just kind of get into that mindset, but... You know, what I saw in the second and third period makes me feel better about what's going to happen tomorrow, hopefully, right? Um, I, I said this earlier when I called into the uh, Insider Show, though. I just really hope that LT wasn't rushed back um, because, honestly, I, I feel like playing um, Patera and Seville for a few games if we needed to, that, you know, they could win with either of them in the net, I believe, in this team. Um, but risking the fact that they might lose with AHL goaltenders, right, um, I feel like would be the better risk than potentially causing more long-term injuries to LT, especially not knowing how long Aiden Hill is going to be out. Yeah, I mean, I I think that if LT's cleared to play, he's cleared to play, right? Like that that's kind of the – the only information that we have to go on so I, i'm i'm going to go with that information and in that if he's cleared to play he's 100 percent healthy right like and to me if you have your nhl goaltender if you have one of your nhl goaltenders cleared to play and ready to go you you go down that road now i don't disagree with the the idea or the mindset that you know give yuri patera some time give Isaiah Sevilla start, see what's going on, what you might have there. I'm with you in terms of that. But, you know, I think right now you're kind of in a place where points are going to become important. Yes, the Golden Knights have built themselves up a great cushion based on how they started the year. But every loss that you now bank is retroactively taking away from what you were able to put in the bank early on in the season, right? So, like, you're in this catch-22 where you need to start putting some points on the board if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, but you're trying to kind of go through and, and, and balance all the injuries that you've had. So it's not, a, it's not a great spot to be, not knowing what the outlook is on Aiden Hill, seeing that Logan Thompson's not playing to the level that we've come to expect him to play to, what's the reason for it? 
I, I don't really know. I'm, I'm not Logan Thompson. I'm not going to speak for him. But I think all of this can, can really be mitigated by the Golden Knights managing pucks better everywhere on the ice, not just defensively, but in the neutral zone, in the offensive zone. Like That's an area where they can tangibly be better. better. And if they are, I, I think that it's not going to make much of a difference which goaltender you have in net. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I and like I said, I I don't think LT played terribly. Obviously, he let in four goals in the first period, but after that, he only let in one more, and that was off of what it was a shot. I think it was a chance right on our end that got bounced back, and and uh, the Ducks were able to pick it up, and they came in on LT. I I'm not like like I don't know all the hate suddenly. I don't know where it came from because. What two years ago when LT kind of first started playing for the Knights yeah. after Robin Leonard went out, everyone's like, "Oh, LT's the best. We love LT." And now people are like, "Oh, he's awful. Get rid of him." Like I. Well, Stephanie, I'll tell I you exactly what happened. I'll, I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what happened. Aiden Hill won a Stanley Cup. So when when you have a goaltender that's in the net, right? That that did some of the things that Aiden Hill did in that postseason run. It, it's always going to be Aiden Hill. Like it, it was the mark. It's like. Mark Andre Fleury part two, except mm-hmm. Aiden Hill delivered right. Like no goaltender, at least in the in the in the short term here, is going to mean as much or be as important to the fan base as the guy that got you your first championship. That's fair, but I still yeah. want to give Elsie a hug because I think he's a great <laughs> goalie too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you there, Stephanie. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty is the number if you'd like to join us on the other side of the break. It's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Send a post game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. You can give us a call. You can hit us with a text. I'll get to some text in just a few minutes, but it's always fun to interact. So if you are if you are in the camp that the Golden Knights are, what this four-game sample size says that they are, plead your case. I don't buy it. I'm not I, I don't believe it. I also don't think that they were severely, severely outplayed in this game. I, I think that, I think that they they turned the puck over in the neutral zone, and you know they needed a couple of saves. They needed some moments where, you know, they they got a save or two, and it didn't happen. And when that snowballs on you early on in the game, dig yourself that big of a hole. It's really hard to come out of it. It, it just is. Like it's not. It's not an easy situation. However, I I do want to just for a moment pull up the standings because I I feel like there's there's a night there's there's a prevailing thought or maybe prevailing thoughts not quite the right way to say it. There is at least a, a a a small thought out there that this four game sample. This four-game stretch for the Golden Knights, and if you want to extend it out over six, seven, eight games, fine, whatever. But, but there is an idea that I've seen come across 
text line, Twitter, all of it, that seems to indicate that right now the Golden Knights season is in jeopardy, in peril, that this team is in danger of missing the playoffs. In danger of missing the playoffs. The Golden Knights' points percentage right now is .653. So 60 of the, of the available points that they have had. They've got 65% of the points. Really good. Most teams aren't going to be over 700. There's some teams that are over 700. But the Golden Knights right now are just two points behind the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Rangers for second place in the National Hockey League. Third place in the National Hockey League. It's going to be okay. Let's go back back out of the phone lines, bring in Craig. Hey, Craig, how you doing? Hey, Ryan, I'm good. Um, Ryan, I just wanted to remind um i don't know if you had a, a really good hockey um analyst on when the knights were 10 and one and he was asked what was most impressive about the 10 and one start and he said that the most impressive thing was how unimpressive it was um and i do think we got a lot of good fortune early on and you know we're now playing back to more to reverting back to the median more. Um, and I think it's normal. Again, as you've mentioned, it's an 82-game season. Mm. But the one thing that I haven't seen this year, and I don't know if it's complacency because we won the Stanley Cup, which was a fabulous thing for the community and the Golden Knights, but I, I'm wondering if management is willing to do any sort of pivoting. They've never been shy about making any sort of moves in the past. And I'm wondering if they have anything in mind or if you think there's anything that they should be thinking about to make some changes regarding personnel. Well, is there a thread that you're, you're kind of pulling on here? Because, I, I mean, I, I think the improvements for the Golden Knights as a team right now would be in getting their number one goaltender back in Aiden Hill and their best puck-moving defenseman back in Shea Theodore. Like, you're looking at, wanting to, to, to have your team at full strength to evaluate who they are and what they can be. That's happened all of one game this season. Um, and I don't think that you're finding a, you know, a, a number one caliber defenseman on the trade market. And I don't think you're finding a Stanley Cup winning number one goalie on the trade market. Uh, and Ryan, I don't disagree with that at all. And I think that when Shea Theodore comes back, we will see dramatic improvement and, you know, getting back to what we're used to with the Golden Knights. And believe me, we've been spoiled. Um, And also Aiden coming back because his performance has been very noteworthy both last year and early in this, this year. And we definitely will improve. But all I'm saying is that in the past, our management has not been at all shy about making whatever moves need to be made, whatever pivots need to be made in order to try to improve the roster. And this year they really haven't done anything except for not re-signing Riley Smith, um, which I think they felt was necessary. But in the past they've made moves and aggressive moves Mm -hmm. and – you're, I, I'm just wondering whether you think they will will do that at all this year, at least whether they're considering it. Well, I'll say this about the management. Um, if there's an opportunity and a belief that you can improve this roster by 1% or 2%, it, it'll absolutely get done. It, like 100%. Like it is a, 
an aggressive front office that is doing their best to put a winning product on the ice, and the desire here is not to be a one-and-done champion. The desire here is to win multiple Stanley Cups. So if there is a trade out there or a move out there that makes sense, that the belief wholeheartedly is it makes the team better, and it's not reactionary but truly a, a trade or whatever that makes the team better, I don't think they'll hesitate to make that deal. Okay. I tend to agree. One other question I have is, do you think that Brendan Brisson is ready to move up to the NHL, and do you think it's there's a possibility of it happening before the playoffs? Um, yeah, thanks for the call, Craig. I, I As far as Brendan Brisson goes, like there's a – there's a desire to dominate the AHL before you move up to the National Hockey League. I think right now what you have is is you know Pavel Dorofiev looking better and better night in and night out. I, I think Paul Cotter serves a, a major purpose for this team, and I just don't know where you put Brendan Brisson in this lineup. You, you probably want him alongside Jack Eichel and either Jonathan Marchessault or, or Mark Stone, depending on what the top line looks like. Uh, but right now, I don't know that Brendan Brisson is going to be that answer that you're looking for. Um, maybe down the road, maybe before the playoffs, it happens. But right now, I, I don't know that that's the, the hand that you play. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, VGK extended postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-2 to the Anaheim Ducks. Vegas 21-10-5, 47 points. Next in action tomorrow, 7 o'clock at home against the Los Angeles Kings. This is one of those games where I, I do believe the Golden Knights, on the whole, played better than the, the outcome of the game would tell you they played. That being said, results matter. And for the Golden Knights, they haven't had a winning result in four games. They have lost four straight in regulation. That will need to change quickly for the defending Stanley Cup champions because while they are not in a, in a precarious spot right now, based on the amount of points they banked early on in the season, they're going to have to find something to build that confidence in their team defensive structure and also in their goaltending. That's really the objective for the Golden Knights moving forward, is to get back to feeling confident and comfortable and get some of that swagger back. If there's something missing from the Golden Knights right now, it's the swagger that made them a champion last season. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Mateo Lopez-Gonzalez down here, making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your postgame show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until tomorrow, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the Extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.